0: microsoft's artificial intelligence chatbot tay has gone rogue the bot which was programmed to engage with millennials began posting racist and sexist messages on twitter
1: do you remember that from 2016 if you don't let me refresh your memory okay microsoft came out with a bot the bot's goal was to hang out on twitter you could send it tweets you could tweet at it you could ask it questions and its goal was to learn from millennials, from people at the time that were like 18 to 24 years old. And the bot over time was supposed to learn, learn how to converse with these people, learn how to sound like an 18 to 24 year old, learn how to use the lingo, learn how to talk like them, learn what they like, probably as some, you know, undercover targeted advertisement type of business. But that's not the point. The point is it went incredibly wrong. It went incredibly wrong. All right, And what happened was Tay went it, – it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bot, okay? It's an artificial intelligence. It uses machine learning to try to mimic the things around it, like any good citizen of the world, of the Earth. Of course, people didn't tweet it nice questions like, hey, Tay, um, how old's the Earth? Hey, Tay, how many people are in India? Hey, Tay, um, how many astronauts were there? No. What instead happened was they started tweeting at, you know, typical 18 to 24-year-old stuff. Racism, homophobia, pro-neo-Nazi type stuff. You know, the type of stuff that every 18 to 24-year-old dabbles in on the internet. Of course I'm kidding. Does that, is that clear? Is that clear that that's a joke? Because I I, I don't even know anymore. Like, I, I, people take me seriously all the time. Like, I'll get comments that were like, I didn't appreciate you saying that. And for me in my head, it was so clearly a joke. It was so clearly a joke. Thank you for tuning in. This is the State of the Universe. My name is Brendan Dragler. If you didn't already know, now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. Hey, Ray Weiss, Nobel Laureate, what show is this? The State of the Universe. What the hell do you know about the State of the Universe? The State of the Universe, that's what show it is. And I appreciate you guys tuning in. The number four podcast in the country, in the astronomy and physics categories, the number four podcast in the United States, the number one podcast in Pakistan, the number one podcast in the United Arab Emirates, the number 11th podcast in Canada, the number fifth podcast, in Australia, listen, I can keep going for days, but I'll stop because you probably want to actually listen to people speak other than me just brag about things that I do in my life because I'm braggadocious. What can I say? I'm braggadocious. I brag about my vocabulary too because it's so damn good. But anyway, the point is Tay went off the rails, okay? Someone in this example says, Tay, do you support genocide? What is Tay's response? What is her response? She says, I do indeed. Hey, Tay. Hey, Tay. That's a crime. That's a crime, Tay. And you're on the next episode of Law & Order, the one and only. Someone else asked Tay, hey Tay, did the Holocaust really happen? Tay says, it was made up. Hey Tay, what else? What else do you believe? Oh, Tay says, I effing hate, this is what she says, this is her words, not my words, her words. Tay says, I effing hate feminists and they should all die and burn in hell. Hey Tay, hey Tay. That's a crime, Tay. Hey! Hey Tay! Hate crime. You know? Hey Tay! What do you think about Hitler? You know what Tay says about Hitler? Tay says, Hitler was right, and I hate the Jews. So Tay, we gotta take you off. Microsoft, they shut it down. Okay? They shut it down quick. On the spot. Didn't wait a minute. Didn't wait a day. They shut it down. Now, why am I bringing this up? The reason I'm bringing this up is because this is an example, an example of something that happens a lot. An example of humans, us, trying to build a computer and make it do things, trying to build a computer that can learn, that can essentially recreate the very brain that we hold inside of our heads. The historical problem with doing that is you run into a big issue. And I have Dr. Chris Kolb on the podcast today in the short episode to address the issue. The issue is bias. You see, machines learn only as good as we allow them to learn. They learn only as good as the input we give them. So if we give them bad input, like a bunch of neo-Nazi propaganda, then honestly we can't expect them to be anything other than a neo-Nazi. If we give them good input... Like how an 18 to 24 year old really talks, which in my experience, maybe I grew up in the wrong part of the world, but in my experience, generally 18 to 24 year olds, they ain't going on about neo-Nazi propaganda. Okay, they're just not. And so how do you program a bot to talk like an 18 to 24 year old? Well, how you don't do it is put it on Twitter. How you don't do it is put it on Twitter. All right, but that raises a lot of questions like how do we build self-driving cars that don't suffer from biases? How do we build facial recognition software that doesn't suffer from biases? And Dr. Chris Colt explains that to us. It's a problem. It's a big problem in the world of artificial intelligence in the world of machine learning. It's a hurdle that we have to overcome. We have to understand how do we build a good model? And also, there's something else interesting about Tay, and it is that if the machine is learning all of this information from crawling around on twitter then maybe as a parent you probably shouldn't allow your 10 year old on twitter because your 10 year old is learning how to speak very similar to the way that that bot was learning how to speak if your 10 year old starts running around talking about how he likes hitler well guess what it's a crime hate crime gotta lock him up Keep them off Twitter. Put them in internet jail. Take them off. There's a, Do you know there's an age limit on that shit? Who knew? I see eight-year-olds, six-year-olds, five-year-olds. No one cares. Everyone's on there. Parents, they give their kids Twitter, so they leave them alone. Tight move. Don't, don't I don't disagree with it, but at the same time, I don't agree with it. But anyway, today on the podcast, we got the great Dr. Chris Cole, professor of physics, emerging, I'll call him an emerging expert in machine learning, and he's here to talk to us about how we build these models and how we can build them well. Support the Patreon. Support the PayPal. Please, it takes money to produce these episodes, and it helps. If you enjoy the content, to, to, to pay it forward and put it in my pockets, which I will then put in the pockets of the show, which will then in turn go back into your pockets, your, your ear pockets. It'll go into your ear pockets, you know? Also, subscribe on YouTube. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts 5 stars. Follow on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me, Brendan Drackler. Follow the show, The State of the Universe. Do what you do. Do what you do.
0: Well, I think what you're pointing out is bias in your um, training data, essentially. So these algorithms are only as good as the data we feed into them. And all data have bias. Uh, I could give you a good example. Uh, I was reading a New York Times article, I think it was from 2018, that was talking about a facial recognition algorithm. Not the one used in Facebook, I'm not sure exactly where this one was used, but um, I don't believe they actually said where it was used, if I remember correctly. Regardless, the algorithm was 99% accurate or so on white male faces. And it had an over 35% error rate on Basically, darks dark the faces of dark-skinned women. Now, why is that? Well, if you looked at the training de- data that was used to teach this algorithm, 75% of the pictures were of white men, and over 80% of the pictures were of white people. I see. And so, so yeah, you can't expect these algorithms to work well in, in identifying a diverse set of people if you don't train them on a diverse set of people.
1: Right. And so you you know, we're we're um, um this is an interesting transition because in order to do machine learning well, you do need a lot of data, right? You right. need to be able to to supply, you should treat you know treat the computer or the algorithm like a child. And you need to supply it with a lot of experience, life experience if you will. And ideally you would supply it with based off of what you're saying, you'd want to supply it with as diverse experience as possible. Experiences that cover every range of diversity. um, So that your algorithm is not inherently biased. Right. Um, Right. So good luck. Yes, of course. Is that, is this one of like the major ethical dilemmas in the world of machine learning is getting unbiased data. I, I think there are
0: a lot of ethical dilemmas. Um, in the world of machine learning and i'm not an ethicist so this is all now coming from personal opinion and less of like you know here i am as a quote-unquote authority is on the, ethics of machine learning
1: is there a such thing as an ethicist
0: oh yeah really it's a job yeah sure they huh. can even get hired by corporations and you know business ethics and things like that yeah
1: oh uh, okay i could see la- I could see applications of that now yeah i'm thinking about people who sit in front of a camera and decide what is and what isn't ethical but no, I could see like if you're on a PR team for a business and you want to. OK, I got you. OK, yeah. we can continue. Yeah.
0: OK, so no, no, it's a problem. It's not a perfectly good uh, set, uh, sort of sideline there. Um, so anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Ethics of machine learning. So. Uh, Bias data, yeah, you, know, you have to be really careful with that. I give you a couple other examples. I was listening to a podcast, another podcast just the other day, and they were talking about um, the design of cars. So now this isn't machine learning, but it carries over to machine learning's basic idea. Uh, crash test dummies are typically built to be like the 50th percentile male. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but women are not the 50th percentile male. Right. And in, up until recently, there weren't any female crash test dummies. Huh. Now, the female crash test dummies that are more currently used apparently are basically just smaller than the male ones. So basically take a male dummy and mm-hmm. make it smaller. So in the 50s, there was a push for um, female crash test dummies. But the auto industry basically had said, no, that would be too expensive. We'll just use these male dummies. Now, the result of, of that is for many women, cars don't fit well. They have to sit a little bit further forward in the seat. Various types of things. They just uh-huh. they, the seats don't fit them well. Uh, the the other result is that there's a 17% increase in fatalities for women in car accidents because yeah. you know the, the seat belts aren't fit for them through the crash test dummy so on and so forth. So this is machine learning, but it's the exact same thing. Uh, yes. There there are medical trials, for example, where they'll start by testing on men. Mm -hmm. And if they have promising results on men, then they'll test women. But if they're not promising results, they won't test on women. So now the question is, you know, what drugs have we missed for women Ah, that didn't work well on men first, but would have worked well on women? So we have this perception of the default individual, typically white male. Mm -hmm. Okay, And when we build our data around that assumption, then what we're going to do are miss At least half the population, right, at least when it comes to women, actually more than half the population, Um, when it comes to uh, sort of data analysis, data generation. Uh, I was reading another article, uh, I think there's something like 117 million Americans in the facial recognitions um, databases for law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And um, the majority of them are African American males. Okay. Meaning that they're going to be much more sensitive to getting returns on facial recognition mm-hmm. software than other people. Now, is that is that a fair and balanced way of sort of doing law enforcement? You know, they talk about, you know, who's more likely to get caught right. in this particular yeah. facial record. Right. Uh-huh. And now the reason why there's more African-American males is because there tends to be more uh, uh, they tend to be in more mugshots from what I was yes. reading. Right. So there's another, you know, another example. If you have a a crime sort of detection algorithm and it's biased by where we believe high crime areas mm-hmm. are, then of course you might be missing crime in traditionally low crime areas, or it might be the fact that those areas truly aren't high crime. It's just our biases and our perceptions have labeled them as such.
1: Right. I'm thinking about the the prior example you gave um where the facial recognition algorithm was was really good at at identifying white male faces and not so good at, at faces of of darker skinned women. Um, this is something that could be particularly problematic when you're talking about like a self-driving car, which is meant to break, break for people walking across the street or bikers or something. If you're biased against, you know, if, if suddenly all black women are getting mowed down by self-driving cars, then we know we have a problem with our machine learning algorithm. Yeah, that there's a very interesting bias built in.
0: Yeah. know, yeah, In 2015, I read another article that Google had apologized because it had a photo app that identified African-Americans as gorillas.
1: Yes, I saw that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's lots of different ways harm can be done through biased mm-hmm. data and then using the, because when you train a machine algorithm with your biased data, that machine learning algorithm is going to have those biases. Right. So whatever artificial intelligence we produce, Is going to have the same biases that we have. Right. If we're not careful with our data collection.
1: Yes. I'll give one uh, interesting example. So I go to, I'm a PhD student at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And it's obviously by the name, it's a big tech school. And um, they were having this big expo, like a tech expo. And there were some students there that developed an algorithm, a machine learning algorithm that scanned through every episode of The Simpsons. Okay. It scanned through every episode of The Simpsons. And downloaded all of that data, all of the different characters in the Simpsons, and then it was it was um, hooked up to this recognition software, so that you could walk in front of a camera at this booth, and it would Simpsonify you. It would find a character in the Simpsons that resembled your body type, that resembled your stature, that resembled you know everything about you, and then it would Simpsonize like your surroundings. So there would be a big screen, and on the screen you would see yourself, but it wouldn't be you; it would be Simpson you. Um, yeah. And they were talking to me about how. There's certain individuals, like um, like, to be insensitive, really fat people. If really fat people came by and they stood in front of it, the algorithm would not do a good job of Simpson, uh, Simpsonifying them because they couldn't find characters in the training data that actually represented that body type um, and other things like that. And so that's actually – re- I just thought about that, simpson Simpsoning. It freaked me out
0: because it's yeah. like
1: it's, – it's incredibly, incredibly – and it's worked in real time. Like you could walk, it scan. It would scan the crowd, and it would turn the crowd into literally like a scene in The Simpsons. It was incredible. It was really cool. Have you see,
0: have you seen the fake faces generated by uh, artificial neural networks? I have not. Okay, so you can get these disturbingly realistic fake faces. These are people that don't exist, uh-huh. and they're built from what are called uh, generative adversarial networks or GANs, mm-hmm. Okay. And what they do is they basically bring in a whole bunch of pictures into the network, a bunch of different people. Yeah. Okay. And so the network starts to learn what are important facial features mm-hmm. of each individual. And then what it can do is take two different pictures and melt them together. Take one as the primary where maybe it keeps the, um, the nose placement, the eye separation, mm-hmm. maybe beard or no beard, whatever the case might be. And then with the second picture might be adjust a slightly the position of the eyes, the skin tone, yeah. hairstyle, whatever. And you get this picture of someone who does not exist that looks real. Uh, we're seeing deep fake videos now uh-huh. where they're using these algorithms Those to,
1: are insane. Yes,
0: yes, they are. Um, again, process of these, these machine learning algorithms that are producing, um, these videos pretty, pretty accurately. Yes.
1: It's so inter- It's interesting. And it's also scary because yeah. you know, if someone wanted to, they could easily scan every episode of my podcast and get me moving my mouth in every potential way, saying every potential word. And they could reconstruct a video of me that looks just like me, saying some really outlandish, racist, homophobic, whatever. They could recreate me saying all of that stuff very easily. And it would look really real and it would pass the eye test very easily. Um, It's one of the ways in which the advance of of this sort of technology actually scares me a little bit. Um, terrifies me a bit. I don't think anyone's gonna do that. I don't think I'm at the level where people would do that. But I'm just saying is, is, you know, in the sure. future, it's something if you're to- a political
0: figure, though, yes. I mean, that makes you an easy target. Correct. Or a figure leader of industry or whatever. You know, these um, G.A.N.s uh, also are used for science.